1: To school. We're broadcasting from Show Creator Studios here in Las Vegas, Nevada. I'm Matt Donnelly, filling in for Michael Goodell, who's away juggling something.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: this week, we have Penn Gillette, the host of The Man You Love, the bigger talking half of Penn and Teller, here to talk to you all about the world of magic, Las Vegas, and his crazy-ass life as a New York Times best-selling author, here he is reaching the love, Penn Jillette.
3: You just pulled that out of your ass, didn't you? You just pull that totally out of your ass. Yeah. With generic. Yeah. You really did that as though it was someone that never met me. It's evergreen. <laughs> no idea who I am. In case this is someone's very first
1: episode of this podcast. Yeah. And they they don't know why they, how did it get on my how did it get on my app?
3: Yeah. I guess I'll press play. Yeah. Any anyone listening to this <laughs> knew more than you did. <laughs> But you did do Show Creator Studio. I got that because he's videoing. He's videoing this. I got that part of him being. And uh, that's the only important part. Yeah, because we are at Show Creator Studio, and you wanted to do a little thing that showed they do mention Show Creator Studio. This is this is evidence. Yeah, this is evidence. And this is actually
1: when he puts that video together,
3: mm-hmm. and they don't know who you are. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. I nailed. You solved everything. Yeah. <laughs> We, have you been happy here at Show Creator Studio? I love it here. It's not, I mean, I
1: literally moved my own business here, so yes, I do love it. Yeah.
3: Here. Well, you know, I, uh, I used to have a studio in my house, and I thought that yeah. was really wonderful. And I was really happy with that. And then uh, I blew up my house. I drove a tank through it. Yeah. And I had a different house where I didn't want to put a studio in and stuff. Yeah. And I think I like driving to a place and doing it. This is a good place.
1: Yeah. Do you, do you, you're a pretty organized person, but they, they sometimes typically even sometimes warn people about working from home mm-hmm. or that like moving, moving your, whatever, your practice or studio, whatever yeah. into your home that it can get a little crazy.
3: Well, I was reading, um, uh, the interview with Lady Gaga in mm-hmm. the New York times yeah. about her star is bought, um, movie coming out and, um, she has bought Frank Zappa's house. Really? It's not where she lives. No. She has a, uh, a big house in Malibu because mm-hmm. Lady Gaga's wealthy. Yes. And she's chosen to use her money in those ways. Yeah. You know, she has not, not bought a diamond encrusted turtle that I know of. No. Her. She's instead bought a house. Despite
1: you offering to sell her your diamond encrusted <laughs> turtle? I tried. <laughs> It'll
3: it I just wanted him to have a good home. Yeah. Sparkles. That's his name. <laughs> sparkles for sale. Yeah, sparkles for sale. And uh, uh, she has a huge house. I'm making it with my hands, but it's probably bigger than that. <laughs> it's bigger than a horse? Bigger than a horse. <laughs> uh, house in Malibu. Uh-huh. And I was wondering who bought the Zappa house. I was watching a little documentary on the YouTube yeah. about Frank Zappa and uh, uh, showed his wonderful house. Mm-hmm. And he has underground um, places that he, he stores his uh, uh, tapes. Yeah, so remember tapes were stuff like that. And he had people he was working with, engineers and stuff. And he has a recording studio there, of course. And then he has this wonderful house. that's Frank Zappa's house. And I knew that it was for sale. It's in Laurel Canyon, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where else would it be? Uh, you know, the, uh, the Zappa Trust. And the Zappa Trust is, I, I think, a mess. How does this come on to
1: your radar? Because I know you're a big Zappa person. I think you like Lady Gaga. I don't know if you're like an enthusiast.
3: I said I was reading Gaga. the New York Times yeah. interview. And it's all being done at Zappa's house.
1: Oh, Because
3: that's where she goes to work.
1: I was was confused. I didn't know if the whole interview was
3: about her buying
1: this house or not.
3: No, it's not about that. (laughs) But it shows up in it. Okay. It's mostly about what a fabulous star she is. She's in A Star is Born. Did you see the original Star is Born? I saw a few of them. They all suck. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say. It's terrible. I can't see you liking the Star is Born concept. Isn't there, like, a silent one first? Then there's Judy
0: Garland. Yeah. And They did it with, I don't know, Mater G. Krebs. And then... Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4 E, or Summit 4 E. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4 e models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. They did it with um, Barbara Streisand, uh, I think. Uh, Barbara Streisand,
3: Chris Kristofferson. Yes. Uh, I, uh, why did I go? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I look back. You often like I mean like you like you don't like Broadway shows that are about like we're going to make it on Broadway. No, I don't. Like you hate all you hate the idea of like um the idea of stardom being the goal.
3: I I really do. I really yeah. don't like that I'm going to be a star. Yeah. I it doesn't it bothers me. It yeah. troubles me. And uh I guess it's because who who I guess I kind of like the Beatles and I believe the Beatles goal must be bigger than Elvis. I believe their goal was stardom, yeah, uh I don't think it was Bob Dylan's goal, you right. know I, I you can become a star. I, I'm fine with you doing that, go yeah ahead. yeah yeah go ahead. thank you If you've been holding back, if that's the reason, Matt Donnelly's not have a star. I' been waiting and waiting yeah you've been not, <laughs> wanting to not please me, uh, displease me by by being a star you exactly. can't can be you can be yeah. a star, but I think you should have um motives other than just being a star, right.
1: Yeah. And I think, like, you know, the, this like, is... for instance, like, Bob Dylan, I think, maybe is more cognizant of his stardom and his path to stardom than maybe he lets on in interviews. Oh, sure. No,
3: right. I think almost certainly. Right. And
1: there's a way of, like, understanding you're navigating that from a standpoint of, like, I want to keep doing this the rest of my life. Right?
3: Well, you know, there's the song Um Um Counting Crows as uh, Me and Mr. Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be big, big stars. We've got different reasons for that. Oh, yeah. And that has always struck me as, as real. You know, I do know, I have met personally yeah. a person in Las Vegas yeah. whose goal was to have a Vegas show. Right. Which, I, it's a nonsense goal. I, I don't understand that at all.
1: i got to recalibrate. So,
3: <laughs> you know, I just think that, don't you want to have some thought about what will be in the show? Oh, for sure, for sure, and this person who we're
1: not—we're not, not going to name, right? But uh, everybody knows who we're talking about. <laughs> but no reason to say it. Uh, You—you think that it was, it was just a, a, a like a marquee image in
3: their mind first, and then a show second? I believe that is what he said. Oh, okay. I believe that was uh, his goal. Okay. And uh, you know, we were on Broadway. It was always so embarrassing to me. You know because. You're going to Broadway, and you're going to Broadway with a two-person show, and the interviewers who are um, going to talk to you about this, they often would start the interview by saying, uh, is this a lifelong goal to be on Broadway? And you don't want to sound um uh, uh, Fuck no! Yeah, you don't want to sound snotty. You don't want to sound... Uh, you pencil pusher? ...and grateful. Right. Uh, uh, you you want to you wanna be pleasant about it but it never crossed my mind to get a broadway show so it never crossed my mind to get a vegas show ever what's
1: your let's let's practice let's practice uh, let's practice pen work in the press let's, mm-hmm.
2: uh, is this a must win game
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah sportscasters the sports people are amazing at that yeah yeah they all know how to do it now they they're even talking about it. like even every 20 year old basketball player and stuff like that now just knows how to talk to the press now it's just ingrained in them Like, uh, who's who's your friend that said everyone knows how to say there's a fire, there's a house fire?
3: Oh, yeah, um, it was uh, Lawrence O'Donnell. Lawrence O'Donnell. Lawrence O'Donnell explained that when Clinton went on MTV and did his little roundtable mic thing, and everybody thought, and not roundtable, but town hall type thing on MTV, everybody thought he was so good with a microphone just answering questions, and Lawrence O'Donnell pointed out that he was just the same as everybody. You know, we just crossed a line. You know, uh, and you see someone whose whole family has, you know, has has just been killed in a fire. And, you know, their dog is running by and the dog is on fire. And they look into the camera and they speak coherently in sound bites. Every, every single person knows how to do it. So now sports people are doing what? Oh, they all know how to, like, talk about, like,
1: the upcoming game. Like how to not give billboard material to the other team, but still say enough that they feel like they've talked to the press and their fans and without doing anything, you know?
3: So what do you mean billboard like. material to the other team? So oftentimes you go like,
1: ah, well, they're a little slow, so I think we're going to dunk on them or something like that. And goes so like, boom, they go into the other locker room like, this guy, this 20-year-old punk, thinks he's going to dunk all over all you guys? And then that team somehow does better hearing that this other team... Does that happen? Should. It actually does. Wow. And it's the strangest thing, but... Sports motivation is actually like a, a real thing. Like it's, it's, it, it really does, you really can mess up and it usually does come back to haunt you if you, if you do it.
3: So you want to do a certain amount of trash talking.
1: Yes. But not too much. Yeah. So it's always like, well, these guys are pretty good teams, but you know, coach is working on some stuff and working on some stuff. I think we might be able to get, you know, maybe, maybe, able to get in there and do some, do some, do some work, you know, stuff like that. And that's how it
3: goes. But then when you're out on the, um, out on the actual field, field you say, field court, on the field pitch, court. For all of our UK listeners, you uh, you say your mother sucks cocks
1: in hell. Yeah, they do. They they say weird things. I think what was someone got caught saying to another player, "Your wife's pussy smells like Honey Nut Cheerios," and that <laughs> was actually ended up being almost a fight after the game. In uh, like the guy went to the other team's locker room to call him out to fight him for that. <laughs> That's a true story.
3: Because <laughs> the, the use of the brand name.
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: the he, guy. He worked for General Mills. Yeah, the guy's
1: General Mills, and you can't call his wife a Kellogg's cereal. <laughs> that can't happen.
2: I think it's because he was correct.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it only strikes that chord. Like, it only becomes a drop-down fight as if you were so accurate in your
3: insult. <laughs> that you have, you have information. That you I think should.
1: it was like that you're basically it was like it actually was explained as a, a trash talk infringement of uh, bringing your uh, wife into it. You can talk smack about it. You can say anything you want about me. But once you bring in my wife, then it's then it's then it's go time. That's the way it was explained.
3: But who who, who was explaining it this way? Because <laughs> I mean, that really matters. Because <laughs> it sounds like crazy people talking. Was, who was who? I mean, Charlie Manson's dead. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the emperor of uh, of uh, of engagement. No, really, who was explaining it that way? Uh, the pl- the uh, other players. Uh, other players who. Who understood the conflict? Other players who were around the conflict.
2: Uh, let's uh, <laughs> uh,
3: Now, when he says your wife's pussy smells like honey nut Cheerios. Yeah. Is he saying. I, I really don't know. Yeah, yeah. I need to have this answer. Yes. Is he saying it is unpleasant for. A vagina to smell like on a night's nice ears. Or is he saying, I have intimate knowledge of your wife? That's, I think, that's, it's number two. I have intimate knowledge of your wife. Yeah. And I'm going to de- demonstrate this intimate knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> but the guy knew, the guy who was being attacked. Yeah. Knew that, um, that was maybe not it that it was a random thing to say? Yeah. Or did, did the guy, this is kind of going back to Reddy's question, did the guy believe this was actual reporting? I think it's, you know,
1: uh, it's a combination of a lot of things. I think, I think, you know, like when you watch soccer games, everyone, everyone who doesn't watch soccer a lot well, then watch it and then be like, oh, the flopping is awful. it's flopping? Flopping is like if you brush into me and I act like you just shot me with a gun. And I oh, I see. I see yeah. and
3: I've seen. Like, I, forward, I saw forward, YouTube forward. of that, which made me laugh. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's great. I yeah. mean, especially soccer particularly, it's great. But, you know, what you're dealing with is people who are just fucking exhausted. And so they've just been running, running, running around. And so they're looking for any advantage. And the fact that you do that could be, create a competitive advantage. That's really unfair, and you're both exhausted, so you just hate the person for introducing a new element while we're both exhausted and trying to do our job. So you've introduced this new element that's going to fuck with what's happening, the outcome of the
3: game. Let's get back to your wife's pussy. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. My wife's pussy? Let's put a... uh, Then he pushed me in the face. (laughs) (laughs) Chocolate or
1: regular milk? (laughs) Unsweetened almond.
3: Now, um... Do you believe now? these are um, there is an incredible selection process and everyone who is playing professional sports is disciplined and smart and tremendously skilled, right? Yes. This is not a this is not a pickup game. These are people who are being paid a lot of money. Yes. Now, is there an advantage to the man allowing himself to get angry? There can be. You know, Michael Jordan was, was uh, famous
1: for, like, interpreting any kind of smack talk because he, when he was angry, he played very well. Mm-hmm. And when you play, you know, 82 games and, you know, he, the guy won, you know, six championships in eight years, you know, like, it's just, it's a lot of, it takes a lot of motivation to stay that that edgy. Mm-hmm. And so he would often, he would say, like, what'd you say about whatever? And he, people would be like, what the hell are you talking about? And he would just find a way to think that you said something about him so that he could be angry at you, and that would, like, help him, like, get, get it going. And,
3: he was but, using that. Yeah. But once you've used that and you've won the game, Yeah, why would you go to the— <laughs> well, that's, I'll bring up the example.
1: That's why I'm bring up the outlandish example, the one that, that created a, a thing where it went past it. Normally it doesn't, but it, it created that, that example is one where it went after the game. So
3: what you want to do—it seems like <laughs> the smack talk you want— Yeah, used to go out there, look at the guy in the eye and go, we live in a godless universe full of pain. None of this means anything, especially not this game. You're just tired. Yeah. Wouldn't that be the right kind of trash talk? I think so. Wouldn't you rather be home? Yeah. Boy, sitting on the sofa with your feet up sure sounds good. Want to watch some trout fishing? (laughs) But I mean. There are guys who have taken it the other way. Uh, was it this guy
1: Lance Stevenson would like uh like blow in lebron james's ear like 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 friend like real friendly and intimate That's not friendly and intimate yeah. if you
3: blew in my ear, I would not consider it friendly oh I, I, there goes my birthday present. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean. Yeah. There's something, something. What that that's homophobic. I think so. That's unpleasant. Yes. That's that's a hateful thing because it's it's homophobic. Oh yes, yes, yes. Yeah. It's it's saying to somebody, don't don't we hate gays? And I'm acting like we are. Oh yeah yeah yeah. I don't like that one at all. No. But has someone ever gone? Good to meet you. Let's have a friendly game.
1: <laughs> I think so. Actually, yeah, I do. I mean, wouldn't actually. that rob somebody of their power? I do. I think it does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there are guys that kind of do that. Where they kind of go like, "Hey, I'm just, I'm just a guy. Doing, I don't know what's going on. I don't know why this guy's acting all upset." Yeah, there's definitely people that take that. tactic. But they with they
3: do that after they've yelled something unpleasant.
1: Uh, no, or maybe physically uh, gotten tangled up or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: On your deathbed, this is not the moment you're going to remember. You should go call your mother. <laughs>
3: Great.
1: Psychologically reducing the importance of That
3: is perfect trash talk. That is perfect, (laughs) perfect trash talk.
1: (laughs) You should call your mother. I bet it's still fighting because you brought my mother into it. Yeah. But that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure there is, but I don't know if anyone would have would have I don't know if it would have hit the press. So Mm. I'm sure that I'm sure some I'm sure they've tried everything.
3: Are you tired? I'm tired.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think that exchange happens all the time in professional sports where they're allowed to just be like, man, four-nighter, huh? You know, like any that kind of stuff. Because there's always baseball players talking to each other at first base and then they laugh and they never want to say what they're talking about. Um,
3: well, If they, if they never want to say what they're talking about, they could would it be embarrassing for them to say, we're just discussing how tired we were? I think so. Because then everyone goes like, what? You're paid millions of dollars to
1: just swing a bat and run around. What? You're tired? I, I melt iron for a living, you know. <laughs> with my, with my- teeth with my teeth. I just <laughs> I chew iron together until it holds. That's my job. Yeah,
3: uh, well it would certainly bother me. Yeah. You know, cuz I'm yeah. I'm always embarrassed by people complaining about how hard they work when well, they don't work hard. Right. Coal miners complain how hard they work. Fine. Yeah, exactly. You know, ER nurses fine. But I'm I'm not, I'm bothered by showbiz people complaining. Yeah. I don't think, does Springsteen complained, or other people complain on his behalf?
1: I think many other people complain. Yeah, I don't head. think he complains. It's not in his image to be like, oh no. man. I mean, he also is the guy who stretches his own show, so there's no one to blame for himself. Right. The band would be like, really, another encore? You know, I think those guys probably go like four hours in Oakland. You know?
3: I, I love I love that video of them turning the power off on him and Paul McCartney. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: it's
2: yeah.
3: just it's just wonderful. And then Springsteen's backstage in a really nice interview going, Okay, turn the power off on me. But Sir Paul McCartney? <laughs> <laughs> it's like he invited him over to his house for supper, and then the microwave didn't work. Yeah, exactly. He's just, yeah, yeah. He's just embarrassed about it. it. makes me laugh. <laughs> if you're wondering, and you brought, might not be, about my voice. Yeah. Um, I am. You know, I am. I'm having some trouble with my voice, and I feel like an idiot because I am. But uh, Mox and my wife are out at a horse show. They're doing They're out at Horseman's Park which is a very good name for a horse park because I can remember it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> Horseman is, by the way, a better name than Cowboy. You're right. Horseman. Yeah. L- and many of the cowboys you see, you don't associate with cows. Was it founded by,
1: like, Tim Horseman of the Henderson Horsemans? It or... would oh, be great. <laughs> it would be, be great. great. It would be great. It's like, was... I know, I know, but it's, yeah. it's, it's my park, and I, just, I want to name it for my dad. Yeah. It's Horseman Park. But we also, we have horses there all the time. Yeah, no, I know. I just, I just, it's a coincidence. Uh, I mean, I'm sure my dad loved horses. He's, it was a big park. The first people wanted it were the horse people, but it was going to be horseman park no matter what. <laughs> even, even if it was a skate park? Yeah. yeah. Horseman skate park.
3: Who wouldn't go there? <laughs> <laughs> so um, they can grab the tail and uh, <laughs> like they do on the buses, you know. Yeah. She's been at this for a while, your daughter. She is, and she's got ribbons. Okay, um, and I believe all the ribbons up. I believe I could have paid a thousand dollars a ribbon <laughs> and gotten off cheaper. <laughs> you know they uh, they say if yeah. it floats, flies, fucks or eats, rent it, don't buy it. Right. But now we we own a horse. You own a horse. Yeah. Uh, Your first horse. Don't say that. Please. <laughs> she's gonna. I mean, she's gonna keep doing what she's doing. Right. Yeah, but maybe eventually on her own dime. <laughs> Not a chance of that, Over right? All of her horseman sponsorship money. Yeah, so she would like Coca-Cola's th- th- thing jumping championship.
1: <laughs> thing jumping.
3: <laughs> she talks smack to the other equestrians. <laughs> Don't you feel stupid with those braids? <laughs> Your stable smells like honey nut cheerio. <laughs> So, um, I, uh, who I try to be careful with my voice, try to be a professional. You know? Yeah. As a matter of fact, I've had throat doctors say, if you want to keep going, doing your show, you have to consider your whole life to be a support system for your voice. Okay. That's what you have to do. So I have humidifiers. Yeah. I have, uh, I have uh, vocal inhalers. I have exercises that I do. I'm really, really conscientious. You've taken that into account. You've- yeah. So I go, I, I go out to Horseman's Park, skate park and, yeah. and horse park, and um, <laughs> to see my daughter. And then I sit by the stable with um, clouds of dust oh, yeah, like yeah, you yeah. would get in the Sahara. Yes, because we're in the Mojave. Yeah, um, blowing into my face, and then there's hay being piled up around me, as though they were doing a bonfire, and uh, (laughs) you're going to pile up the hay around. And um, it was uh, it was uh, I could it was coughing. Yeah, my daughter's there going, I was really hoping you'd come see me see me uh, compete tomorrow morning. She said you could be here at seven. You could be done by 11 and go right off to Sunday school. And I said, Mox, uh, I-, I work. And, you know, I was f- flying from Phoenix, and now I'm going to complain about how am I right after saying?" <laughs> but uh, if I get three hours sleep and then do t- two or four Sunday schools and then try to do the show, I'm going to be miserable. And I'm saying this to her while we're outside in the dust and I have a show that night. So um, I got into the show last night, and during the pre-show, the whole crew got nervous because my voice was very, very weak. And, uh, uh, you know, my mics had to be drank up, and certain vocal stuff I'm used to doing had breaks in it, you know? And because I sometimes use a different inflection on the punchline, that's sometimes when my voice goes out. Right. So it's really annoying when you're coming up to the... And you go... (laughs)
1: you hit a, a break. You didn't, yeah. did, did, didn't think it was there.
3: Yeah. So um, I was out at uh, Horseman's Skate Park, and uh, now my voice is a little weak. But I'm trying to be a little I'm, – I'm slurping a lot of tea. You got your tea there? Mm-hmm. So okay. um, I uh, I was in um, – Oh, wait, just to finish up the bit.
1: Penn, you just re-signed over at the Rio, huh? I mean, has it always been your dream to have a, a Las Vegas show here in Las Vegas? W-
3: when I was, um, when I was uh, 12 years old, mm-hmm. I I was watching Ed Sullivan, Mm -hmm. and uh, I came on a magic act, and Ed Sullivan introduced them by saying, direct from his own show in Vegas, ladies and gentlemen, and I don't even remember who it was. All I remember was he had his own show in Vegas. And from that moment on, from the time I was 12 years old, I said, I'm going to have my own show in Vegas. I don't care what I do. (laughs) I don't care what the show is. I will have my own show in Vegas. It's been my dream. Only one of the dream I had, and that is I will have a show on Broadway. Right. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's Equus or the Music Man. (laughs) I will have, I will be blinding horses or I'll be leading a band. (laughs) Makes me know never mind. I am happy to do Lily Tomlin's One Woman Show. As long as it's me on Broadway, that's all I care about. That's all I care about. And everything else I'm doing is just to get to those two equal goals. Yeah, My own show in Vegas, my own show on Broadway. But when you have... So you don't want to say, I don't give a fuck about Broadway. (laughs) Because I was very happy to have a show on Broadway. I was very happy to be doing my show. But if you'd given me... The choice, you know, uh, you can have the exact same amount of money you're making. Yeah. The exact same amount of attention, right? You can have the exact same billboard space for your name. Yeah. But you won't be doing this show. I, I, I wouldn't have any interest. Right. You know, you'll be on doing you know, uh, guys and dolls. Yeah. It'll be pengelettes, guys and dolls, pen, <laughs> pen and dolls. Um, <laughs> Uh, and you'll get all the credit, you get all the money and all that, but it won't be that show. I, I wouldn't be interested. Right. You know, yeah. I mean, I I do other things, but I really like the fact that I think I would rather be doing uh, the show exactly the way I want it in a couple hundred seat theater than doing a show I didn't like in a 2000 seat theater. Yeah. I don't mean didn't like, I mean, it could be a show I like very much, but just not what I like about. The show is doing the show, right. this show, and I want to do the next show that we're going to do. You both like going to work all the time, and mm-hmm. you
1: also like having artistic input. I do. I and, do. And, and artistically expressing what you want
3: to do. Yeah, but it's not even... I used to think that um, having art, art, things you wanted to do artistically were some, some blinding goal to say something. But it's more subtle than that, you know. I some of the bits I'm doing, it's it's just this is a funny thing, it's an interesting thing. I like this thing. It's not necessarily stop the war, you know.
1: Right. No, uh, like like uh, for, like you know, being in in magic, rightly, like you, you guys do like an example is you you ended a foolish episode with uh, an act from your street act this year. Yeah, yeah. Where you did a street uh, levitation. Yeah, yeah. Surrounded in the round, yeah. right? And that's cool to do that but it's also that's a trick that's out there as well mm-hmm. so you guys have to put on your version of it yeah so you make decisions on that yeah and, and that's nice. what you mean by like you like to put your little input on stuff right? yeah
3: yeah i don't know if it was someone else's script i mean I, I did i've done a few things i was off broadway in a show called uh exonerated mm-hmm. um with you know really really wicked crazy good actors like you know peter coyote and mia farrow and just good people yeah crazy good people or crazy good actors <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's a, maybe an important distinction sure yeah um, yeah i 'm not saying anything particular about no, that. No, no. Saying, just it uh, just the thought also popped in your head it did with the names and uh, <laughs> and uh I was there with a script that was not only um, i didn 't create but was also actual script of a, of a man who had been Gary, who had been on, Gary, been on uh, death row yeah, for many years. But was exonerated. So I was doing a speech that uh, a real person said, you know, and I believed very strongly in the cause. Yeah. Know, I'm an anti-death penalty person, which is all of Vegas knows is the reason I was thrown off jury duty. <laughs> right. Did you know that? If uh, you are categorically against the death penalty, you can't be in a capital case. Oh. This is a whole movement. I only remember the time you got out of jury duty because you had to do a magic show. It was a different time. <laughs> I would like to speak more of the noble times I got out of jury duty, as opposed to the uh, the, uh, the 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 cheesy ways I got out of... This was a high-minded way to get out of jury duty. Got it. I actually wanted to do the jury duty at this point. You did. I did. Yeah, I wanted to, and it was going to be a capital case. And then um, people were getting mean about it. People are saying, "If he says he will vote for capital punishment, then you have to take him and arrest him because he did a bullshit that said he did." Now, of course, I could change my mind. Yeah, uh, but I didn't. Sure, so I am against capital punishment, and they try to do this thing. Who is they? Who's doing that? Uh, the lawyers. The lawyers. Yeah, because uh, you're, you're not allowed to be in a capital case if you're. The pro- cap- I mean, so the prosecutor want to make sure. Yeah. Uh, well, someone working for the prosecutor was
1: already keyed oh, up. This is the, the, the intern really trying to make his big step forward. On this that, was right? the
3: person who previously I had a relationship with. <laughs> okay. And who perhaps had an ax to grind. I don't, ah! I don't know what kind of... I guess that's some weird version of revenge porn. Yeah. Fighting out someone's against the death penalty. What they will do... Listen, um,
1: if there's anything we've, I've learned, is that that is the only time... Personal stuff has popped up and got in the way of legal proceedings.
3: (laughs) Um. (laughs) So they'll do this thing, right? The people who are against the death penalty will do this thing saying, I've heard this argument said to me, all you have to do is say that there is a condition where you would rule for the death penalty. Let's say Osama bin Laden killed everybody in Manhattan Including your family, and you saw him do it. Right. Would you then go for the death penalty? Because if you can say yes, honestly, then we get you on the jury and you can vote against the death penalty. And you go, that that's cheesy, that's sleazy. I'm against the death penalty. That is strange. Yeah. I mean, I didn't. Man, it's it's
1: just all of the things we talk about. Like the majority of people, casually understand things and have a kind of informed opinion about stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you encounter that, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, I didn't even realize this. This is something I politically agree with. Having such like a politically motivated and like a, and like a systematic manipulation, yeah, to try to forward a cause ah, that just
3: trying to forward a cause with with uh, dishonesty,
1: yeah, that greater good
3: ends justifies the means. Stuff. And you know, the other thing they want to shut everybody up about is jury nullification. You know about jury nullification? I know the term. I don't jury don't nullification, I, I don't either know. I'm going to make it up. Yeah. Um, because <laughs> this is Penn Sunday School, where we make up stuff that's you know sounds yeah. like you'd want to know it. This is where I'm about to find out if my dad's listening. Okay, go ahead. Uh, jury nullification means that the jury is allowed to say, they're allowed to say, the jury can say, you know, we do believe that he was caught. With um, 150 pounds of marijuana. Uh, bad example, because marijuana is legal now. Oh, yeah. Uh, we do Not be- federally. Not federally. We do believe. So this is a federal case, then. He was caught with 150 pounds of marijuana, which he was selling to school children. We believe that. We think he made your case wonderfully. We don't think that should be illegal. He walks. Oh, wow. The jury is allowed to say that. But there's been all sorts of. But the attorney is not allowed to tell them that. Right. The attorney can't tell him that. And there's been a lot of a lot of libertarians will say they want to get jury nullification allowed by the defense attorneys to say. Oh. Geez. So you come out and go, yeah, my guy did it. Absolutely. That shouldn't be a crime. You know what to vote. Oh,
1: my gosh. I feel like, yeah, I feel like I listened to some podcast about this like years ago, and I'm not holding on to any of the information. It actually was used— It has been used in, like, appeals process or something like that, right? I don't know. It's been Um, used
2: all over the place.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I was just wondering, is there, there like, a famous example, a quintessential example of it happening?
2: No. Okay. There's no famous example because they suppress that idea.
1: Okay. Where do you stand on that? Because that brings all of the dishonesty into the open, right? Jury nullification? Yeah.
3: Yeah, uh, Well, yeah. Well, that's that's why I brought it up. Right. I think that people knowing jury nullification is a great thing. I mean if you're really gonna have a jury of your peers, and yeah. they don't think what you did is wrong. You know, we don't think beating the shit out of that guy was a bad idea at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: it's interesting because like then where you get try to get I mean where you try to get your case tried would matter significantly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. from that point on. Yeah. Like much we would, more so now we
3: would like to get my uh my clients yeah. uh uh trial yeah. for Moonshining, <laughs> can we please get that move to West Virginia? <laughs> yes. Because we're not doing well in Connecticut.
1: <laughs> <laughs> not only do we believe he committed these crimes, but we are proud of him for it. <laughs>
3: yeah. Well, I was told by a defense attorney that the best defense yeah. that you could ever mount was old Joe needed killing, and my guy was the one to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah.
1: Because at first you think of these noble cases where like, okay, that would be great. And then you just, then you think if that's ever used in any case where you, where it's just really not a good idea, that's just awful.
3: Yeah. Yeah. You know, once you come up with, you know, uh, certain kinds of, uh, yeah, yeah we we all know what we're talking about.
1: <laughs> Racism is what we're talking yeah.
3: about. Racism and homophobia. And yeah. So yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, There's times like, I mean, things like there's, there's times where morality isn't democratic right and that's
3: where we sometimes sometimes the political people lead instead yeah. of follow right that time has passed by the way <laughs> a long long time ago we might as well be talking about Ovaltine <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a long time ago long long time ago and Ovaltine may still be on the market there's no doubt about that. That's true. And there may still be politicians who want to lead morally, but we're not thinking about either of those. <laughs>
1: no, 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 man, am I wishing, a, wishing I had a Dakota ring and something <laughs> would pop up now that I could really like.
2: Well, you handled that pretty well. You want to try for a Wadier? If we could keep Dave Donnelly on edge for the entire show. Was Dave Donnelly okay with what I said? Uh,
1: I guess guess he's not listening to you.
3: Life insurance is really important, but about one-third of people don't have it. That's because it's really hard to buy. You have to work out what you need, then do the research to find the best quote, and hope you don't get swindled along the way. It's not a good way to shop for anything. So Policy Genius made the whole process a wicked lot simpler. Policy Genius compares the quotes from the top life insurance companies to find the best policy for you. It just takes two minutes to get a quote. If you don't know the first thing about insurance, you've got all the tools to get you up to speed. Learn the difference between term and whole life insurance. Calculate how much coverage you need and be sure you're making the right decision. Over 4 million people have used Policy Genius to shop for insurance. So, whether you know a lot about life insurance or nothing at all, start your search at Policygenius.com. Easy to remember the name policygenius.com than for me to spell it. In just two minutes, <laughs> you can compare quotes and get an informed decision for you and your loved ones. Policy Genius, the easy way to compare and buy life insurance. Pluto TV is the leading free streaming television service. Watch over 100 TV channels and thousands of movies on demand, all completely free. Pluto TV never even asks for a credit card. You don't even need to sign up to watch free. Pluto TV is the easy and completely legal and moral way to watch your favorite TV shows and hit movies for free. What are you waiting for? Never pay for TV again by downloading Pluto TV. You can download Pluto TV for free on all your favorite devices today, including your phone, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Apple TV, Smart TV, PlayStation, anywhere else you stream. Okay, the U.S. Postal Service is an important tool for any business. Stamps.com is the easiest way to access all the amazing services of the post office. Stamps.com never closes. Print postage for letters or packages at your convenience 24-7. This is so good. The exact amount of postage. Every time, never underpay or overpay again. Mail everything from postcards to envelopes to packages, domestic or international. It's convenient. It's easy. It's reliable. It's efficient. We use it all the time. Yes. Everybody uses it all the time. I, if you, I have a business and you mail anything and you don't use Stamps.com, you need to start now. Absolutely. I was going to say you're an idiot, but better you should start now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't you think? They send you a digital scale. Automatically calculates exact postage stamps.com will even help you to decide the best class of mail based on your needs uh we use it for all the director's cut stuff all the sweatshirts t-shirts that so you mail out everything right now you too can enjoy the stamps.com service with a special office that includes a four-week trial plus postage and a digital scale go to stamps.com click on the microphone at the top of the home page and type in ben that's
2: stamps.com enter ben, ben. yeah that's for sure did you ever do a secret yet? Yeah. I didn't say Minnie's crazy. She's fucking Pluto. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I didn't. That's a good one, though. That's a good one. I think about that every time we do the
3: Pluto Yeah, TV. yeah. Well, Pluto makes you think of cartoon characters. And now, did you hear about this? Pluto's getting so hosed. The dog? Now, Now there's a ninth planet. Oh. That's way, way, way out. Yeah, Way out. Crazy out. If... Let me tell you this, okay? If... The sun, okay. No, let me get this right. The sun were New York City, I know it's crazy, but it's true. Mm-hmm. And L.A. Were, was like Uranus.
1: Okay. Okay. It is.
3: This new. Both well, smell like kind of nut This new planet <laughs> would be like in Japan. Oh, okay. It's further out than. But it rotates around our sun. We can't see it. That's how far it is. It seems like such a jiver. Uh, Are they selling the shares of this planet? What's going on? We've never seen it. We have no proof of it except gravitation affecting yeah. the other thing, and uh, you know. But uh, it's just, it's just, it's just stupid. It's stupid. And especially if you're Pluto. I wouldn't mind if Pluto got in. And they said, Oh, there's a tenth planet. Come on in. But no, Pluto gets thrown out. This I is where we need. What was,
1: the, what was the legal term we just learned today? Jury nullification. Jury nullification, right? If, we're, we're, we, if we were jurors of, of science, like we understand why Pluto is no longer a planet,
3: but we like it that way. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And they've also set up. Give it an asterisk, but put it back on. They turned, turned the whole Earth into a telescope to try to photograph with microwaves the black hole. We're actually trying to get a picture of a black hole. Wow. And that'll be how it looks in the fringe, because you can't get a picture of a black hole because no light escapes, but how it looks in the fringe will be there. And they said that this, this telescope was so powerful that it could because it's a whole Earth, it's a telescope. What they're doing is they're putting, uh, uh, they're putting all the telescopes together, radio telescopes together, and then they're going to uh, uh, put the data together and figure it out that way, all at the exact same instant. So it's pretty great. Wow. Also, too hard for us to do. Yeah. Okay. But here's one. Like I, you and I? Yeah. Definitely. I could solve. This is one I could solve. They said this telescope, when it was set up, this virtual, it's not really a telescope. It's a virtual telescope from little, little telescopes all over the earth. They'd be able from New York to read the date on a nickel in L.A. Whoa. And I looked at that and said, you know, you could just call the guy. <laughs> What's the date on the nickel? Yeah. What are we afraid he's a liar? Yeah. Hold it really still, wicked still. Hold it really still. <laughs> hold the nickel really still. Where, where do you have it? All I'm seeing is man's Chinese. Where do you hold the nickel? <laughs> Tell me where you. You're gonna have to be on the phone anyway. It's true. Right. Yeah. But that's the kind of. Uh, <laughs> that's the kind of uh, exactitude they've got on this. Um, Speaking of Pluto, yeah. I, my kids and I went to Disneyland. Kind
1: of celebration of my kid's fifth birthday, my wife's birthday combo kind of thing, and uh, the magic shop is a famous. You know, Steve Martin worked there. Yeah, the magic shop's been Disneyland forever. Yep. So I was like, oh, I, I've actually, I've never gotten to go to this magic shop. I want to go, so I go and um, I shop for a couple things and uh, and all of a sudden this is like, you know, I bet I bet they show tricks to me. Ma- I bet they show tricks to kids. I got my kids with me. Bring my oldest over and I said, will you show them a trick? You know. And he busts out the uh, light, the oh, yeah. light, and you throw the light around the room. Sure, sure. Put it in his hand, make him throw it, it lands in a glass. The guy did a great, great job. Yeah,
3: uh, Rocco. It's Rocco's trick, right? Yeah, Delight. Delight, yeah. D-lite.
1: yeah D-lite. Rocco's Delight, is what I meant to say. Rocco's Delight,
3: yeah. And uh, he... Uh, Not to be confused with Rapper's
1: Delight. <laughs> which also is great. And yeah. if you can get someone to do it at Disneyland, fantastic. <laughs> um, and uh, my kid like is like, whoa, and then how'd you do it daddy how do you do that and 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 the guy goes uh, well maybe if your father buys it for you he can teach you how to, how to do it great salesman good and I uh, great avoidance of salesmen go like well uh, do you really want to know how the trick is done yeah and I, say, I walk him out of the, the magic shop away from I had already purchased things for myself but I didn't, I didn't think my kid was actually going to learn how to do delight at five right so uh, I said because uh, I really want to know how it's done daddy you know how it's done I said I do know how it's done do you want uh, how's, it how's it done how's it done I said keeler here's the thing magic when you know how a trick is done it becomes way less fun the trick you just saw very fun if you know how to do it you're not gonna like it i'm gonna tell you that right now i'm just gonna let you know that right now and then you can know how it's done well you know you're not gonna like it and he goes oh i really want to know dad though i really wanna... pluto and then just ran <laughs> 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 saw pluto walk in disneyland and boom that was that Magic secret kept.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's why I'd always wondered why by the stage door at Copperfield, there's yeah. always a guy in a Pluto suit. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I was in uh, uh, Mesa, Arizona, mm-hmm. doing a show Yeah, at the Mesa Arts Center or something. Wonderful, wonderful show. Good good, good audience. The called The Horseman Theater. Yep. It's called the Mesa Center for the Performing Arts, I believe. Look at that. And we were there. You are a changed man. And a guy came up afterwards, and I I felt bad because I I think I hurt his feelings a little bit. He held out a little gold, uh, like, pendant in a a little, uh, what is it called, glassine package, little little, little clear envelope,
1: right? Mm -hmm.
3: Held it out to me. And he said, uh, I'd like you to have this. And I looked at it and I said, thank you. And he said, that is an exact replica of Mr. Stumps' tail. I said, oh, oh, what? (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Stumps' tail? Mr. Stumps' tail. Mr. Stumps' tail. Mr. Stumps' tail. And uh, I said, oh, oh. And he said, I worked on the team with Mr. Stumps. And I said, oh. He said, yep, I was part of printing this, and this is the exact. Replica, uh, use the same files, just shrunk them down. Do you know who Mr. Stumps is? At this point, no. <laughs> Does he know you don't? Uh, I think he was maybe a little bit uh, hurt that I didn't know. Okay, because turns out Mr. Stumps was national news. Mr. Stumps is an alligator. Okay. Mr. Stumps is an alligator. There, there went my first ten guesses. <laughs> Mr. Stumps um, lost his tail to poachers. Alligator poachers, they poach tails? I don't know. I guess so. He lost his tail. Yeah. And this group of people, they tried to, uh, previously, for alligators that lost their tails, they tried making a synthetic copy of another alligator's tail and sticking it on. Right? Yeah. A cast of the other alligator's tail. But with Mr. Stumps... Some computer people got involved, and they modeled an exact tail for Mr. Stumps. Then they 3-D printed it. Okay? They 3-D printed Mr. Stumps' tail. And uh, what he had given me, he said there's only 12 of these in the world, was the exact same file of Mr. Stumps' tail with different size things. So they 3-D printed a smaller one. Because I didn't want a full alligator tail around my neck. Yeah.
1: Do you blame me? No, no, no. Okay, good. That, that's, I, that's the least confusing thing I've heard
3: so far. <laughs> Did you to... look up Mr. Stumps? I didn't. I looked up the Mesa Performing Arts Center. <laughs> look up, door do search for Mr. Stumps Mesa Alli- Arts Center, by the way. Mr. Stumps uh, Alligator. Mr. Stumps I can show you right here. Look alligator. at, see, can you see this? It's like he has pants. Oh, wow. See, see? it is. It looks like a, like a toy, like you would. Uh,
1: like you would have like a remote control alligator, like that's what it looks like, except it's a real thing.
3: Yeah, yeah. And Mister Stumps, I believe, is back in the wild. Oh wow, with a prosthetic tail. Yeah, they must think
1: he's like came like he was abducted by aliens or something, right? Well, he was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was given robot technology, and now he's back in the wild.
3: Yeah, a a, a an, another kind of being came to him. Took him away, examined him, and sent him back with a false part. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Yeah, I don't believe in alien abductions unless you're an alligator, (laughs) which case I think they happen. Wow.
1: And yeah, I don't know. Like all these questions, like, would he was he welcomed back in the wild? But alligators probably don't. They're probably solitary animals, right? They probably don't have like a group. I I don't know. Look how much I don't know about alligators to even question how this affects. Well, you you know
3: the difference between alligator and crocodile: Uh, shape of the jaw and how the teeth stick out. Simple as that. Simple as that. That is simple. I uh, one of my favorite animals Mm -hmm. is the alligator. Yeah. I seem to be very and the Komodo dragon, Mm -hmm. by the way, venomous. Venomous. Not bacteria stuck in their mouth. Yeah, but venomous. I didn't quite understand the difference between deadly bacteria and venom. Well, the difference is where it comes from. Deadly bacteria just lives in your mouth. Oh. I mean you personally. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's true. And then um, venom actually comes from inside you and squirts out somewhere. Some kind of gland. Some sort of venom, hateful gland, yeah, kill gland.
1: Yeah. Okay. Um, to me, as the person receiving the bite, not much of a difference. Scientifically, a big difference.
3: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. But um, like if, if while I'm dying, if you're like, it's actually just bacteria, not venom, that you're dying from. I don't get much comfort
3: from that. Fact. No, no, you don't get much comfort. But you go, we got video. <laughs> that would bring you very comfort. comfort. <laughs> very comfort.
2: Let me ask you this: if yeah. You were no, in the no, wild. No, no, no. Riddle me this, Cape Crusader. <laughs> <laughs> if you were in the wild and somebody took your tail, yeah, and then they printed another one for you, yeah, how do you feel about that? Psyched. You're not still angry about the.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, if it's the same species that took my tail away, it and is the same species that gave me my tail. back... It is. That's a real mindfuck. What are you doing? It's kind of like, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> I set it out, You're right. It's like fuck you. i you <laughs> just leaving my own goddamn tail. Yeah,
3: I was doing fine. <laughs> I was tailful. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Why do I want a plastic one? Thanks. Yes, maybe. Thanks, asshole. Thanks, asshole. I'll tell you, Mister Stumps does look. Um, very weird without his tail.
1: Oh, that's, that's no doubt there, I bet.
3: Yeah. See, there there he is with his tail separated from him. Oh, yeah. that is brutal. Now, let me tell you the things I like about alligators. Um, alligators, no bullshit with alligators. Mm-hmm. There's no bullshit. Alligators do not move until it's time to eat. <laughs> I love that. I love that they just sit. Yeah. You know, you can see an alligator just his eyes above the water. Yeah, not no endless chatter, no monkey jumping around. No, no, no monkey jumping, no nervousness. He
1: doesn't bat bugs off
3: of them or anything like that. No, is it time to kill something and eat? Nope, I'm fine then. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then when they eat, they uh, they. They they get to it. They move fast. Yeah, I like not moving and moving fast, and I don't like the chitter chatter in between. Yeah. So uh, when you when people ask me, and usually these are children, and they don't do it anymore. Yeah. When they were younger, Daddy, what's your favorite animal? Alligator. Alligator. Right away. Alligator. And not crocodile particularly. Crocodiles. I like the alligators. I like the I like the way they look better. The um, the snout on the yep. crocodile, is less aesthetically pleasing than this Not on an alligator. To me. Yeah. I'm just talking about myself. I don't want to get tons of letters. From crocodiles. From cro- crocodiles. <laughs> and the crocodiles will be very mean in their letters. Yeah. At least you get a tail. Uh-huh. Don't do stuff like that. Oh, rub it in. Rub it in. It's it's not stumpy. It's Mr. Stumps. He has to say that all the exactly, time. Exactly, yeah. It's not stumpy. Mr. Mr. Stumps. Stumps. Mr. Stumps you. Thank you. you. <laughs> But that's the uh, that was. Uh, I also found I um, went into a bookstore in uh, Mesa mm-hmm. after trying to find how hard is this? Is there a place around here where I can get uh, like a cup of coffee and have Wi-Fi to do some computer stuff? What? Really? Yeah. Oh, you can go to the uh, light rail and go to downtown Mesa. So I walk to the light rail. I figure out, which is astonishing for me, I figure out how to buy a ticket. Wow. Which, by the way, they never collect. But I get my credit card and everything. I go and I sit on the little light rail train waiting for it to start. There's a gentleman in there.
1: What kind of calculation is that, right? So you're, out, you're not in the most densely populated area, but you got master's of transportation in there. And you figure out the budget of paying someone to collect all tickets versus the amount of people who will honestly buy a ticket versus not and not collect them,
3: right? So no one collected the ticket. Right. I just bought a ticket. And then I'm sitting there, and there's another guy there, and he's talking to me about Fool Us. And I go, oh, by the way, is there, I'm going to be taking this train to the coffee place. Where would that be? He goes, going to get downtown Mesa. It'll be uh, uh, no, uh, no problem. It'll be a few coffee places. I go, good. Because I, I looked at my thing, and it said it was a way the way. I said, so this train will go? And he goes, yep. I go, okay. So we on the train. And the, the gentleman I was talking to was in a wheelchair. And I go, so I just take the train, and I'll be down there. I get the mid. There'll be a few coffee places. He goes, yeah, yeah. yeah. I go, there's a place called Nile Coffee. It's on my app. He goes, yep. And I go, organic coffee. Yep. See, they're right kind of across the street. I go, good. And I just have to get on this train. He goes, yeah. So I sit waiting for the train to go for 15 minutes, and the train goes, and it goes two blocks, and the guy says, "You can get off here." <laughs> <laughs> uh, now the information was all in the app but i wasn't thinking no and then you also what's a block or what's this you know the amount of whatever. right it said like you know two-tenths of a mile and i was going like oh it must be weird enough that i'm on the train but um it was crazy <laughs> um did you take the train back or walk back Walk back okay <laughs> It was much quicker than the train. Even if the train had gone right away, it was quicker. Um, and there was a bookstore, and I walk in the bookstore and I'm just looking around. Uh, I'm not a big bookstore guy because I read electronically. I know yeah. you're supposed to love bookstores, but I don't. Yeah. But I'm looking around. It's not a nice bookstore, really, really old and musty and crumbly. And I come into the magic section. There's a huge magic section. And I say, Well, you got a lot of magic books. And we just bought a big collection. I go, Oh. I look at him and say, wow, I hope he doesn't recognize me, because I know nothing about magic books. <laughs> and I'm supposed to know. Oh, I know the name Dave Vernon. Yeah, that's good. Oh, look yeah. at this. Uh, Phil Goldstein. That's Max Maven. He's got a lot of books. Oh, look at that. Oh, the Encyclopedia. Oh, look at that. Uh, fiery. Oh, yeah, cool. Oh, bet Teller would like this bookstore. So I'm taking pictures of all the books. He goes, what are you doing? I go, I know someone that knows about these books. <laughs> so i send the uh, i send the text to teller yeah teller i'm i'm, I'm having a swim and i'm having lunch and i got read this script but i should get over there see how it comes over and then he i'm at the coffee place and i join him a little later and teller is going through every single book Hundreds of books going, oh, this is a pamphlet from 1941 that I heard about, but I hadn't actually seen. I can, oh, look at this. They have a different way to use a dye tube with a pigeon. Look at that. Good, Teller. So Teller's buying a few hundred dollars worth of books. He goes, these books are very, very overpriced. but I don't care. (laughs) I said, okay. And then I said, oh, here's a book on the 1964 World's Fair. Um, I should get that for Rich Nathanson. Teller goes, yeah, I'd probably like that. I go, I'm just going to throw it in your pile of books, and then you bring it back and then have someone send it to Rich Nathanson. <laughs> teller, I don't know how to tell you
1: this, but you have a really good idea for, a gift for
3: Rich Nathanson. <laughs> so Teller bought it. And then I, uh, I saw these bookends yeah. that were f- flies that had been no, I don't mean, I mean, fly fishing flies, mm-hmm. not real flies, but hooks with feathers. Okay. And the person, I, I looked at this kind of yellowed, plastic, heavy bookends with flies in them. And I went, boy, this, I love this so much. I love this so much. I got to have this. And uh, I said, uh, I looked at the back. I said, it's, it's $40. I wonder if that's for the pair or each. And Taylor said, do you care? I said, no. So I took these old bookends and I said, boy, I really, I really, I really love these. And I brought them up to the desk and I said, I like these bookends. He goes, you're a fly fisherman? (laughs) I go, no, I just, I just like them. And I said, he said, well, you want to buy them? I said, no, no, just leave them here. When that guy comes up with his books, (laughs) have him pay for it and then he'll carry it back and take care of it for me. (laughs) He says, OK. So I put him there. And uh, I go out on the street and I go, are you a fly fisherman? I'm not a fly fisherman. What I complain about most around my house is too much clutter, too much shit. Jeez, I just bought two bookends with flies in them. <laughs> I'm an idiot. So I go and I sit down. I go to the place and I go, you know, make sure it's decaf. And I'm reading, you know, the, the week, reading my news. And I'm sitting there going, uh, tell her we'll buy those bookends. Yeah. And then he'll carry them to the truck, and then the truck will take them to Vegas, and they'll go from the truck to my dressing room, and the dressing room, my wife will probably pick them up at the dressing room, and then they'll go back <laughs> to my house, and then she'll say, what are these for? And I'll say, oh, I, I bought those in Mesa. And she goes, oh, I didn't know you cared about fried fish. And I go, I don't care about fried fish. <laughs> but I like these bookends, and I'll bring them into the, uh, into the house. And then I'll put them on a shelf, but I don't really need bookends. And they'll sit there. And then a year from now, I'll say, why do I have this? This is awful. I hate this. Get it out of here. And then I'll throw them away. So I texted Teller and said, um, have you checked out yet? And he said, no. And I said, well, he's going to tell you. that <laughs> I said, you were going to pay for bookends. I bring them to me. Tell you're not going to. Tell him you're not gonna do that. Tell him no way. I'm not paying for your stupid bookends because I don't want them. And tell her right back, Okie doke. <laughs> so there's a whole adventure there that I set up I wasn't part of.
1: <laughs> and also the amount like the amount of forward thinking that you have for you to hold your possessions for the least amount of time. <laughs>
3: It's amazing to me. I don't like to touch anything. You no, know that. I know. And I was thinking about walking with that little book for Rich Nathanson. I yeah. thought, I want to buy this book for Rich Nathanson. And by the time I get it to Rich Nathanson, I'm going to hate him. <laughs> but yes, if you are um, if you are buying anything around me, yeah. if I have anything I want to buy, I will throw it into your cart. To your, I don't want to have anything to do no, with it. No, I don't. No, no. I uh I don't like. Don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like that at all. <laughs> the idea, but yeah, I
1: think maybe, maybe, maybe in the story you saw that World's Fair second, but I think maybe you saw the World's Fair book first, and then started taking photos and sending them to Teller.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Lure him in. Yeah, yeah. The amount that I will do to not to not have <laughs> stuff with me is is pretty amazing. How many? Do you know how many books Teller bought? Uh, probably about uh, 10 I know
1: magic wise you always say like Read as many books as possible says read. I always try to read and then I don't understand then I'm calling someone to ask them to explain it to me anyway mm-hmm. Obviously do you, If you don't look into those books there You're mostly inspired then by Ideas of tricks or things you want to do
3: Have you ever looked through a magic book and like we got to do a version of this uh, I do that with some card stuff Okay Because I do care very much about the card And I do read books about card stuff Yeah, But I read books about the like, theory of card stuff And Theory of mixing and how many shuffles you can do and still know the location of a card. That kind of stuff. Fascinating. By the way, that place is called Book Gallery. Book Gallery. It's in Mesa, Arizona. Mesa, Arizona. And if you go to that bookshop and you see uh, the magic books, right across the aisle is the fly fishing books. (laughs) And I bet those bookends will be put back on that shelf there. Yeah. I just want to tell you, all you've got to do is say that you bought them and send the receipt to Ready Rich at questionpen at gmail.com. Yeah. Picture the receipt, and I will PayPal you the money. Really? I will gift those to you.
1: <laughs> Whoever. It's like a scavenger on there.
3: Yeah. If you want to just go there and get that and say, Penn bought these for me, you can do that. Because I have a great deal of guilt over the fact that I told the guy he had sold these bookends and he had no chance of ever selling. <laughs> <laughs> and that he got a little happy, and yeah. then I made teller Crush his dreams, yeah. so this is the offer. Send yeah. a picture of the um, of the bookends and a picture of the receipt with the guy there smiling. Yeah, pay for it forty bucks probably for the payer. because it wouldn't be forty bucks each. What do you want one bookend for? Yeah, well, I don't want either bookend, but not <laughs> send send that to Ready Rich. He'll send it to me with your email address. I will PayPal you forty dollars to try to make up for my sins. And by the way, if there's tax on fly fishing bookends, I'll pay for that. And if you get there on the light rail and it's less than $2, I'll pay for that too. Picture of all the receipts. As a matter of fact, go across the street to the Nile Coffee Shop, get yourself a cup of coffee on me, send the receipt for that too with a picture of it. You send all those pictures there, send them to that, I will reimburse you. Let's say the whole Afternoon is going to come in under $50. Yeah. But I'll pay for it. Yeah. And then you'll have your fly fishing thing. So rush out.
1: That's a great story. You'll have this podcast to play for people the time where you realize that Penn was going to buy you bookends.
3: Yeah. It's a good deal. It's nice. It's a good deal. It's not as good as Banksy shredding, you know, his picture. Oh, that was greatest yeah, thing ever. You must have loved that. Oh, I loved it. I, yeah. lo- I also love the fact that he pretends he or she or, you know, them. The anonymous. Yeah. They, they, they pretend that it is, um, it is anti-capitalist, whereas that guy who spent the $1.3 million for the painting yeah. has now got one that's worth, what, $5, five like, million? At least. Yeah. Because that's one of the most—it's like the coolest
1: thing that ever happened at an art auction. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome.
3: And I also believe—I just want to go on record for this because if I made a fool, that's fine with me. I believe that the gallery had no idea it was going to happen. Yeah. I believe that they were not in on it. But I think we should finish up so we can do another one of these. That was Penn Sunday School. That was Penn Sunday school. Cha-cha-cha. And you become naked. And, and listen, I will call the book gallery guy. So if you go in there, hold it up to a fake receipt, fuck you. <laughs> I will never really find out, but don't do it. <laughs> don't scam me out of 50 bucks. Take Maybe you have actually want fly fishing bookends. Yeah. Yeah. And you know why I'll buy you those bookends? Because I love you. All of you.
2: Hey, everybody. Jason Ellis here from the Jason Ellis Show podcast, reminding you that my podcast, new episodes every Wednesday, downloadable where all podcasts are available. Come see my friends, Michael and Kevin, as we talk to you about what's awesome, what sucks, fitness, fighting, parenting, life, spin kicks, LGBTQ community, how to defend yourself against
0: the shark if it attacks you out of nowhere, and much, much more. So come join us.